0: Give a little time for the child within you. Don't be afraid to be young and free. Undo the locks and throw away the keys and take off your shoes and socks and run you.
1: It's Jordan, Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Beautiful day in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. Uh, they call this uh, uh, late
2: summer. Sure, yeah. Summer too. Yeah. <laughs> Electric boogaloo.
1: I hear El Nino's around the corner, Jordan. I cannot wait for El Nino. Uh, yeah, if Lyft driver told me that earlier today, I, oh. I appreciated that input from him.
2: <laughs> Lyft driver slash meteorologist.
0: Um,
1: well, I don't know if he was an accredited meteorologist, mm. but it's always been a passion of his. <laughs> Could it be that NBC4's Fritz Coleman has fallen on hard times <laughs> and has to drive Lyft? Jordan, how could he have fallen on hard times when you did that
2: local television commercial with him at one time? I mean, being being attached to me does, does put someone into a position where they will eventually have an epic fall from grace.
1: I think that Fritz Coleman, one of the most fascinating things about local mm-hmm. Los Angeles weatherman Fritz Coleman mm-hmm. uh, is that he is – by all accounts, while he's somewhat of a silver fox, he is also a uh, – he's like a novelty
2: weatherman. He's like <laughs> a comic sure. weatherman. I think he does uh, – yeah, he does like um, – uh, or at least when I was a kid, he also did like one-man shows on PBS.
1: Yeah. The Here's the thing about him, though. He may be the least ridiculous local Los Angeles commercial television weatherman just by virtue of the fact – That his name isn't Lightning Thunder. Sure, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, he has a
2: man's name.
1: (laughs) They really go all in here in Los Angeles. There's nothing is being held back Mm -hmm. in the uh, the nom de meteorologies (laughs) of local Los Angeles radio talent. Or television talent, I should say. Oh, we should explain. By the way, this week's Jordan Jesse go. We're recording live at Max Fund HQ. But in addition uh, to the maddening cackles uh, coming out of our producer Brian's mouth, uh, this week there's also outside of our studio a group of uh, Max Fund advisory board members, mm-hmm. uh, uh, big-time uh, Max Fund supporters. Uh, so if you hear a weird, distant group of mildly amused people. Uh,
2: that's the people that you're hearing. <laughs> hey, people on Reddit who are bothered by Brian's laugh. Fuck you.
0: <laughs>
2: this is a specific fuck you to uh, a few people
1: on Reddit. Uh, let's introduce our guest on this week's program. Uh, you probably already recognized him by his distinctive muppetish laugh. Um, he's the host of MaximumFun.org's very own smash hit podcast. Pop Rocket he's also a comedian and comedy writer uh, one of the smartest and funniest guys I know uh, Jordan, I know you know have a lot more friends than I do. <laughs> uh, his name is Guy Branham. Hi, Guy. Good to
3: be here. Thank you for having me, Jesse and Jordan. Here's my question.
0: <laughs>
1: wow! <laughs> <laughs> Why? It's like it's like someone was holding you up by the scruff of your neck and your legs were spinning <laughs> in the air. And then
2: someone let go and you just... <laughs> it's how I podcast, Jesse. The, uh, the floor acknowledges the Muppet-like <laughs> man in the back. Okay, I realize that there
3: is an adult swim show called Newsreaders, but why have we never gotten a Sorkin-esque parody
2: of the Weather Channel? Have we gotten Mm. anything like that? I mean, it is... I mean, I haven't spent a lot of time in the world of... Local news, weather. I mean, I did do the commercial with Fritz Coleman. It's on YouTube. What was you the should commercial for? Uh, the weather.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, Jordan played... Uh, Jordan really went went outside of his acting comfort zone mm-hmm.
2: and played a spacey dipshit. <laughs> mm-hmm. I played a surfer uh, who was in Fritz's office in my wetsuit uh, with my board, asking him where the best waves were.
3: Oh, that's adorable.
2: Yeah, it was really cute. That Los Angeles... My, uh, my manager... Uh, kind of periodically, and guy you you know as a as a television personality, you know this you got to update your reel every right. now and then and uh, and you know when I had kind of you know, done some more work and gotten some more credits under my belt. I was talking to my manager about updating the reel, uh, and she's like, "Yeah, maybe we take off the local commercial with Fritz Coleman." And I said, "No fucking way! <laughs> that we lead with that, and then we play it again at the end." I think it shows a lot of range. I I think so too. You pulling off Surfer
3: mm-hmm. like to a local Southern California audience who know surfers, sure.
1: Yeah, that's a really good point to the and I think it, California audience. If they know two, one thing, it's surfers. <laughs> if it's two
2: things, it's surfers and little old ladies, specifically those from Pasadena. <laughs> <laughs> and I think it came across really well despite not being in great shape.
3: Um, I just am so, so perennially pleased that L.A. still has to make mattress commercials and local news. <laughs> like, Angelina Jolie lives here, but we're still going to make re- – well, she lives in France. I don't know. Famous people live here. But we still have to make mattress commercials. <laughs> sure.
1: But, like, the Los Angeles, to be fair, barely makes local news. <laughs> like, Los Angeles just, like, throws some video of a murder into an episode of Access Hollywood. and <laughs> calls it local news. <laughs>
3: Like I love that you cannot begrudge them doing a solid ten minutes on the Golden Globes because it did affect traffic. Like.
1: Yeah. <laughs> like I remember one time. You know, I, I don't watch. I don't watch a lot of local news on television. I, look, I don't even own a television. Let's be honest. <laughs> okay,
2: sure. Um, no, I. I was sometimes watching... you'll watch a documentary on Netflix. <laughs> yeah, I was watching. Have you heard of these Netflix documentaries that everyone's always watching? Sorry, I watched. <laughs> I watched. <laughs> I watched. <laughs> Have you heard of this Netflix documentary is the new I don't own a TV? Sorry, that's my (laughs) new statement. I watched
1: uh, uh, like probably 20 minutes of the local television news at the airport in Burbank. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, The ABC affiliate here in Los Angeles sponsors the Wi-Fi uh, at the Burbank airport and thus is on all of the televisions. Um, And I spent the first 10 of that 20 minutes thinking – what is this weird studio-based documentary about Usher? <laughs> like, why is this film about Usher feature a silver fox gentleman and his hot, younger Asian sidekick?
0: <laughs>
3: like, that's that's the most wonderful thing. It's like, Good Day... No one knows what Good Day LA is, though they tried to take it national in the early 2000s, and that was really exciting. But just, seeing just how, like, it's basically... Kelly and Michael, but with working prostitutes. Like,
0: it's just (laughs) that (laughs)
3: hoary,
1: And I love it. Active (laughs) streetwalkers. Yeah, there is a... Well, what's amazing is it's like I've never lived in New York City, but I know for a fact that there's a man on a New York City-specific television network who's a newsman who's famous for reading directly from the newspaper. (laughs) He has a famous segment where he (laughs) reads from various newspapers. And, like, it is this weird local identification that you get just because that locality happens to be the media center of, frankly, the world. <laughs>
3: well, it's also – it means that we were making YouTube stars in 1983.
2: <laughs> they just had to be in a media market. How yeah. important do you think the YouTubable blooper is to local news?
1: I think that's I bet all local very, news has left. I bet
2: instead of, you know, shooting for an exclusive, they're like, how can we fuck up so it gets on YouTube?
1: Yeah, I think that at some point th- there are two producers on any field shoot mm-hmm. for local television news, one of whom is in charge of the story, you know, working on the script sure. and getting the B-roll together, uh, the other of whom is just looking for photo bombers.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's just, just if you see a drug sorority girl coming out of a bar just kind of, Ushering her over to where the camera is. I like the idea of pre-producing drunk sorority girls. You just got a clipboard, get her to
3: sign some releases, give her some slurs that she could call the reporter.
2: (laughs) And maybe, maybe... Maybe you have some jello shots with you. I don't know, right? I mean, it's not part of your kit that they give you, but, but it's like if you just happen to. It's have like some. being
1: backstage at Bill Maher. There's an open bar sure. available. Yeah, like, they're yeah. not going to make you get drunk, but <laughs> they're not going to discourage you. Did either of you watch Unreal? No, uh, no. I've heard uh-huh. tremendous things. This is a show on on a scripted comedy show on Lifetime, right? Yes. Comedy, Serio comic,
3: like comedy to Los Angeles people who believe that pre-producing people to be messes is a hilarious part of life <laughs> and a, not one of the
1: uh, American capitalism's greatest tragedies. Right. <laughs>
3: so to the rest of America, it's a horrible story about how low people will go in Los Angeles. But to to an Angelino, it is just a, a charming story of a West Side Jewess who's doing what God intended. <laughs>
1: I read an entire New Yorker article about a woman from uh, the Real Housewives of New Jersey. So I'm basically a reality TV expert now. Which one was it? Mm, She has her own lines of products. (laughs) That possibly broadened the pool. (laughs) There's like walk-on characters. There's photo bombers on the Real Housewives who have their own lines of products. <laughs> it's really exciting. Uh, it was a woman named Bethany something. Oh, Bethany
3: Frankel. Yeah, she's she's made from from head to foot out of products she endorses. She also is Real Housewives of New York, not New Jersey. Mm. Oh, mm.
1: forgive me. Mm-hmm. What, she was can also... I can I beg your contrition? <laughs> 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 can I offer my contrition to beg your
3: forgiveness? Uh, I mean, while the Pope is in town, that's for him to do. Okay. Got
1: it. Uh, Look, he met with all kinds of people. Sure, he met with that county clerk, but he also met with an openly gay guy and a whole group of people who didn't have a deep understanding of the contemporary reality television zeitgeist.
2: (laughs) Uh, Guy, so you were a writer on uh, Another Period, right? Uh, Yes. Did you have to watch a lot of uh, the programs that it parodied, the Housewife-based Genre. Have, have to. <laughs> um I was letting Guy do that joke, okay, Jesse. Okay. Yeah, I know I know who this is. No. I was letting him do that. Ugh. Um Uh, The best thing about being in
3: that writer's room is that basically Ricky Lindholm and I are the only people who have extensively watched housewife programs Mm -hmm. or Kardashian programs. And so she always locks eyes with me before she starts saying, remember when Nene.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Fucking Nene, right, guys? Yeah, fuck it. What is who is Nene and what does she do? Oh, uh Nini
3: was one of the real housewives of Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Uh and then she was on the television program The New Normal because she tried to segue into acting and I believe now oh, she was briefly she was briefly the fairy godmother on, in Broadway Cinderella.
0: <laughs> <laughs> sure.
3: Um but yeah, like there's a lot of like that that show is very fun to write for because you are either talking about very complex Downton Abbey plot lines or like drunk ladies throwing wine at each other on a
1: housewives program i think <laughs> that they're i'm going to run this uh by you uh guy uh, you're a homosexual, correct? I am uh, officially registered.
2: I
0: <laughs> thank God we got
2: that registry started. Yep. Um, so, uh... hey, how's your photo on your card? It's always bad, right? It's always, <laughs> always bad. It's Always bad. Always, bad. Bad. always bad. wish it was better, mean, But how yeah. else are we going to take away their guns? Sure. <laughs> uh, honestly,
3: the the homosexual <laughs> registration cards. The lighting is so subtle, you just can't tell us apart. Yeah.
2: It's... <laughs>
1: Okay, so on Broadway, I feel like the stunt, stunt casting on Broadway is a very dangerous game because there is this chasm between, there are two categories of, I think, appropriate stunt casting on Broadway. One is uh, a real movie star. Right, um, who sometimes decide that they're going to go do the Great White Way because they're real actors who trot upon the boards, et cetera. Et James
3: et cetera, Franco cetera. is going to go be in a Horton Foot play. <laughs> there you go, exactly. Yes. So
1: that's a legitimate movie star, and often those movie stars, I think, even typically, those movie stars are legitimately superb actors, right? And so you know, you know, I think you could make a you could make a grab. I know some of people's opinions uh, differ about James Franco, but I think he's a really talented guy. Um, you know, like I think a lot of those actors, you know, if Bill Macy's in a show on, on stage, you know, you can count on Bill Macy to deliver an exceptional right. performance. Yeah. Um, then, there's, uh, then there's a second category, which is uh, people who are famous based on their accomplishments on Broadway, but also famous enough to count to headline something, which is basically just Nathan Lane and Bernadette Peters. Yes. Um, like those two. So those are the two, like, good news. But then everything below that, and I would argue that the line starts around Neil Patrick Harris. <laughs> like everything below that just means sadness. Damn. Like you can put Ben Vereen in. Like if you put Ben Vereen in, you get that exception for like Broadway legend or Mandy Patinkin. You know what I mean? People who are famous for something other than Broadway, maybe, but are legitimate Broadway legends. But then it gets to it gets to Nene real quick. Yeah, it's unfortunate. The one time
3: I went with uh, uh, our friend Aparna Nanchula sure. to see Chicago, and uh, I was explaining to her, some terrible person will be playing Roxy Hart, like mm-hmm. yeah. someone who was on a sitcom ten years ago will be playing Roxy. Are
2: there? I get, I get the impression that like Rizzo from Grease is just like there are these yes. parts that they will give to the less than talented. Look,
1: I'm not going to say that I once uh, saw a Broadway production of A Funny Thing Happened on the Way to the Forum which starred Whoopi Goldberg. <laughs> <laughs> that legendary ancient Roman. Sure. Um, but yeah, I did actually. Well, th- that's great because that's a role where instead of singing, you can just
3: kind of talk.
1: <laughs> yeah, sure. And Whoopi Goldberg's <laughs> the greatest. I-, I love Whoopi Goldberg. That's on record.
3: But there was no one in Chicago when we saw it. It was just some lady who was... Japan's um, Velma Kelly who they were had brought in <laughs> I don't even know who America's Velma <laughs> Kelly is. They, yeah. they, like they they brought her in to be Velma on Broadway for 3 weeks so that they could oh. take her back to Japan and say from Broadway. Oh. And it was like so they just That's, that's did a character swap. in there Last thing I want to see is like Chicago 12 or 20 years in, however far it is in, with just good, talented Broadway performers. I know.
1: I want to see, see some action. I want to see Chicago starring in Chicago. <laughs> Saturday in the Park gets interpolated into. That would be amazing. Yeah. Add a horn section to Chicago. <laughs> sure. Chicago may have a horn section, some of those songs. Yeah, because they're jazzy. They're jazzy. So All that horns. jazz. There's horns in there. Yeah, but I think I think you you get a, a Chicago's trambone, trombone guy in there. You're really going to kick it up a notch. That guy's been on the road for <clears throat> decades. He knows how to entertain a crowd.
2: I once saw a very very weird uh, stage musical of uh, the Ten Commandments with <laughs> Val Kilmer. Oh, uh, and it's, he as Moses, and this is, you know, I guess maybe Val Kilmer has done some like credible movies lately to kind of you know remind us that val kilmer was a thing but this is like wait so when you say when you say that val kilmer has done some credible movies lately to remind us that he was a thing you're Mm -hmm. talking about mcgruber talking about mcgruber yeah yeah this is i think the thing i am talking about is this is maybe three years before kiss kiss bang bang right like you know this is the before the triumphant return or whatever of val kilmer and so he was playing moses uh and, you know, his face was on the billboards. And um, this was this kind of awful, this awful, you know, thing that, you know, was never on Broadway. The uh, the Israelites all did hip hop dancing. No, oh, man. And Fal Kilper was in like three scenes where he would just wander in from the side of the stage and talk, sing some things and then wander off.
1: As if amazing.
2: Yeah, it kind of was.
1: I'll tell you what. There's a church near my house that's (laughs) constantly doing car shows that have a play associated with them. Okay. I really want to go to those plays. Yeah. A a car show? A church-based car show? It's a church-based car. Well, they're reaching out. A car show with a theater production attached to the car show about, I think, finding God in jail. That's amazing. Like, true... True OGs are for the original God. Um, And then there's a car show afterwards. Who here had to
3: spend significant time at boat shows as a child?
1: I don't think we have the same childhood (laughs)
2: lifestyle. Yeah, my dad definitely threatened to take us to boat shows um your and, dad
1: once bought a car at a car show right yeah my dad did really? my
2: yeah yeah um uh in the in the waning days of my parents marriage uh my dad made a lot of very bizarre purchases uh kind of without running it by my mom and one of them was uh a car that cruella Deville would drive <laughs> uh, a kind of two-seater Long in the front, but like the '80s reproduction of that. Like, yeah, like right. An Excalibur not caliber or something like that. Not like a Deucenberg. Yeah, right. This was something that yeah, like a like a cokie agent had made for him in the '80s. This wasn't like something that Jay Leno would have. That
3: sounds really awesome.
2: Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it it was it, it was also... cool to see, but also, I mean, I think you know. Tore my parents' Jordan, marriage apart. Jordan, yeah. <laughs> Jordan, I do think it is dangerous to assert that
3: any car is not something Jay Leno would own. Yeah, yeah no, you're right, point. you're right, you're right.
2: Yeah, he's going for coverage. At this point. <laughs> he's just as many cars as possible. Yeah, he's like, hey, "Is that a car? I'll take it."
1: That's my Jay Leno he's impression. On the, by the way. He's on the phone with his mechanic. Like, have we got the '92 Saturn yet?
2: <laughs> I need to fill this hanger that he's I own. It was dent-resistant <laughs>
1: door
0: panel.
2: <bales. laughs> Um so yeah that and then a also a uh some sort of giant painting of Napoleon he also bought <laughs> Yeah again this sounds really awesome Yeah Wait. so
1: guy did you spend a lot of time at boat shows
3: I mean, I don't know how many boat shows I've been to in my life, but it felt interminable the whole time I was there.
1: Did your family own a boat or was this just part of your – like your father's attempt to turn you into a boat shoe wearing heterosexual? Um, Like we would periodically
3: own the kind of boats that you water ski behind. Right. But Mm. then we would sell them. Um, but he would. I think we went to boat shows. We didn't go to boat shows to buy boats. We bu- went to boat. Sh- I'm not clear why we went to boat shows.
1: Check out, <laughs> check out the new boats.
3: Yeah, when they were when they were. It, it, they got they got stats and info about the boats. You know how good does it float? It was. We walked around. Sometimes there would be like yachty things that had like a little, like, a bed and kitchen down inside of them,
2: and I liked that because it felt domestic. (laughs) (laughs) Have fun, Dad. I'll be down here making scones. I'll be at the Dwell Magazine area of the boat show. It always struck me, too, because I remember my dad asking us if we wanted to go to the boat show, and my thought process was, we have never been on a boat. Yeah. And don't really live that close to water. Yeah. Uh... But it seemed to me that I guess there's just these things that dads become interested in. And maybe it's a place to just go and meet other dads. He's like... You mean for secret sex? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, me and Bruce are going to go check out this galley. <laughs> well, I, here's the thing. like, Here's as, a nickel. Buy a gumball.
1: As, <laughs> as a kid, I, was, I, I went through a period where I was pretty into cars. Mm-hmm. And my dad took me to the car show. It's uh, the only... Uh, transportation show I've been to. I believe that's the category. Um, And uh, I remember being stunned that, like, mostly what happens at the car show is you look at the interior of a Nissan Sentra. (laughs) Like, I imagine that the car show would have a lot of, if not Duesenbergs, at least Excaliburs. Sure. You know what I mean? But actually, it's Camrys. Like, it's a whole conference center Full of Camrys that people, like, they just want to have access to both the Camry and the Accord within a short distance but without test drives.
3: Well, and also some of them have been, like, souped up in some way that I don't understand, right? Rims. Rims are an issue maybe, right? (sighs) Okay, high high school was just a bunch of boys talking about their rims. And the radio's in their car, and that was all that they cared about. And none of them went to college. And the whole time, I was just like, "Why isn't anyone else studying for the
2: SATs?"
1: You like, you like lift up, you like lift up your uh, your import tuner magazine, <laughs> and inside are just your interior plans for a boat. <laughs> like,
2: yeah, we'll get some really great ideas for built-ins. Are there? Babes at a boat show? Is that why the dads are going? Bird Do they want to? Yeah, like a you well, know I mean, a you lady who presents the boat. There will probably would... some mermaids, right? I mean. I mean, those actually turned out to be manatees. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> if I know my sea lore correctly. Got it. Most things that sailors think are mermaids are actually manatees.
3: Can we teach a manatee to gesture
2: at a boat?
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> they just automatically get hit by the propellers.
1: It's, it's just in their nature.
2: Oh. They just run right into it. I
1: think right now the Navy is developing weaponized sexual manatees oh like so... they're breeding manatees for waving at enemy boats
2: slash human sexiness sure and as soon as the sailor's penis goes in it triggers a bomb <laughs> they're like the heads
1: are getting smaller and smaller yeah still too big though
2: yeah manatee's
1: got a whole a whole fat head you know yeah much bigger than a beautiful lady <laughs>
2: sure that's that's the issue do you I think. follow
1: the whole the, my whole line of reasoning here if I have I explained it effectively?
2: Yeah, but should you can I go over it again. You know, well, you know, we probably should. Yeah. Okay, so just for clarity's sake. The Navy who are uh-huh. in
1: charge of a <laughs> yeah, that's like warfare. the boat army. Sure. <laughs> They are working on developing mm-hmm. a set of faux mermaids mm-hmm. uh, made from manatees, which is a popular uh, sea mammal uh, sure. from Florida. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the, here's the problem, guys. Uh, it's a great idea on its surface. Mm-hmm. I think we can all agree with yeah, that. Yeah, I don't uh, the see is any problem with it so far. A, a manatee has a fat head, mm-hmm. um, and a lot of beautiful women don't. So the sure. Navy's having to do some uh, selective breeding uh, to reduce the size of the heads, but they haven't made it far enough yet. Anyway, that's Jesse's joke. <laughs> Guy, um, you have
3: a concern. Oh, just I think if we can make a square tomato, we can make a sexy manatee. Thank I believe you in it. very much. So.
1: And th- why don't we hear that at the debates? <laughs> why don't we hear about what's wrong with America yeah. and not why America is the greatest country in the world?
2: Sure. I think the next time all those fellas get up there, yeah. Ted Cruz would really help his cause yeah. by taking a bite of a square tomato yeah. and then fucking a manatee. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, you know what? A lot of our listeners have been sharing messages with
2: Ted Cruz
1: uh, over the past few sure. weeks. Just vision type things.
2: For your uh, for your benefit guy, uh, uh we get tired of people correcting us on the podcast. Uh-huh. So we but we know that people feel that impulse when they hear, you know, if We recognize and acknowledge the impulse to correct. Yeah, right. I mean, we something. have it too. I mean, I think we've all been listening to a podcast and you know, they say that uh yeah, you know, Bill and Ted's excellent adventure was made in nineteen eighty seven when we all know it was made in nineteen eighty nine. And <laughs> you know, you can't sleep until you tell someone that. Yeah. Uh, so we want to help listeners soothe themselves so when they feel the need to correct us, we just have them send whatever issue they have to Ted Cruz on Twitter. Because yeah. we think he's more equipped to deal with it.
3: Yeah,
1: he's got a whole staff. I mean, and a vision for America. <laughs> got it. So just let Ted know, and just
2: a gross face.
1: <laughs> just oh. let Ted know your your debate tips. Sure, I think at Ted Cruz, I think that's I think that'll really lend him a
2: hand. I think so too. Uh, Adomian
3: has the best Ted Cruz joke. Uh, it is that Ted Cruz comedian lo- James Adomian Con- comedian uh, James Adomian officially registered homosexual. Yeah, uh, <laughs> great picture by the way.
1: He's the exception. <laughs> He's his the it's exception. a good picture. He's three point lighting. Is the sure. Secret.
2: I think three he had. I think he did. He had makeup before that. Yeah. Though. You have a key light. You have a back light. <laughs> and you mm-hmm.
3: have
1: a fill light.
2: Sure,
3: Jordan. You think anyone would get their officially registered homosexual picture without hair and makeup present? <laughs> uh, he said that Ted Cruz looks like he is wearing like a mid price. Ted Cruz (laughs) mask because of how sunken his eyes are. Yeah.
2: Um, And I just think that that's so true. Maybe it's going to be a situation where you know some water gets on Ted Cruz or a thread gets caught on a nail and the whole thing's going to unravel and it's just um it's just a bunch of bees <laughs> in that in a, in a
1: man suit you know i think you bring up a really excellent point mm-hmm. you know which of our candidates are a bunch of raccoons <laughs> standing on each other's shoulders with an overcoat draped over top i don't you know, know. Which of our candidates are mummies? <laughs> sure. Where if they get caught on a nail and unravel, they'll disappear in a poof of dust.
2: I'd like to speak to MoveOn.org because <laughs> I think that they have really been dropping the ball into letting us know which candidates are humans and which are just piles of things.
1: Look, the MoveOn.org people—we can all agree—they did a great job when they created the screensaver of the toasters <laughs> with wings. Sure, but now it's now it's time for another accomplishment. That's been quite some time ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, Let's get on top of this which candidates are mummies situation. I mean, we, we can all agree that Bernie Sanders has been dead for at least a period of time. Sure. Right. Right. And the question is, is he a vampire? Is he a zombie? Is he a, is he a mummy? You know, uh, is, he, uh, is it a Weekend at Bernie's thing? <laughs> is Weekend at Bernie's based on Bernie Sanders? Yeah. <laughs> An earlier Bernie Sanders. He's been dead longer than we knew. Since the late 1980s. And in the sequel, they'll reanimate him with a voodoo curse. (laughs) Yeah, exactly.
3: I never realized all those stories about uh, FDR's sons, like, holding him up because he could not stand, were just essentially a
2: proto-Weekend at Bernie's.
1: (laughs) Exactly. That's actually, Weekend at Bernie's was
2: originally a World War II film. (laughs) And then the studio executives are like, we love it. Can it be a modern sex romp? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, This should include more... Fun guys looking for pussy. Orson Welles dropped out. He was going to play <laughs> Churchill.
1: And sure. then once they lost Churchill, they decided to do some retooling. Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, we love the female
3: lead being an ugly cousin of his that he's married to. But what if it were just like 50 to 75 women in bikinis? Yeah.
1: <laughs> exactly. Well, I think we've solved Hollywood <laughs> politics sure. uh, and boat shows. So <laughs> we'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go.
3: Welcome to the Lady to Lady show. Behind door number one, we have fantastic weekly guests like Aisha Tyler, French Stewart, Zretta, and more. Behind door number two, we have road trip and sleepover games like Would You Rather and Never Have I Ever, the kind of games that remind you of being a kid.
0: Door number three brings you fresh hot episodes every Wednesday. You can find them on iTunes and at MaximumFun.org. Now pick a door. Just kidding. They're not real because we're a podcast. You're all winners. And we didn't really think this through. Lady to lady.
1: It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan
2: Morris, boy detective.
1: I'm Guy Branham, vampire senator hunter. Oh really? Yes. Are you what what kind of equipment do you got in your
3: in your tool in your toolkit? Um I have uh, a recent edition of America's Congressional Registry. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. Um, and sharpened uh, wooden stakes.
1: Oh, great! So you've got you got the two primary things you're going to need.
3: Yes, I've always been a Holy Water fan, but um, as and Jew, we all have. I mean, you don't, yeah. have,
1: to, you don't have to tell me about sure. being a Holy Water fan. <laughs> I mean, we were all college freshmen, right? <laughs> we all had a little Holy Water. First and foremost, a San Francisco Giants fan, <laughs> but second, <laughs> fan and of Holy Water.
2: Third, I'd say I'm a parrot head. Sure. <laughs> the three pillars <laughs> yeah. of a good life. Yeah. Uh I mean so it seems like killing a vampire senator isn't that different from killing a you know, vampire with a more traditional
3: job. Well, but vampire senators are so good at building coalitions and working with other revenants or creatures of the
1: the night. Because of the legendary uh, sort of convivial fraternity quality of the Senate relative to the House of Representatives. I mean, if you're talking about killing a a vampire in the House, you know, in the lower House of Congress... You're talking about a bunch of you know it's it's like herding cats. Everyone's right. going one direction or another. There's so much extremism because of gerrymandering. I would think it would be a much easier job than uh, a senator who's you know who's known for building bridges, statesman-like. Yeah, exactly. John I mean imagine trying to kill uh like a zombie John Kerry. <laughs> <laughs> sure. You know what I mean? He's in France. He's got that French wife. He's he's in, you know.
3: Uh his power to hypnotize you with long boring stories about like the balance of power in the Southeast Asia. Like yeah, you're just yeah, exactly. going
2: to be hypnotized. Yeah, I mean, here's here's the easy part though. Yeah. The traditional, you know, death method for a zombie, shot to the head. Huge head on John Kerry. Yeah. Huge solid head. points. I mean, you don't even have to have that Great a name, you know? but he's
1: got that. I mean, he's got enough uh silver foxy hair. Mm-hmm. His mane is such that it could throw off your sense of what is head and what is hair. Yeah, no, you know yeah, I mean? that's a
2: good, that's a good point.
1: It's a classic distraction uh, tactic, like uh, painting a, a warship with razzle dazzle paint. <laughs> sure, you can't tell whether John Kerry's coming or going. God. That's that's a really great Wikipedia entry that not enough people have really taken part in. <laughs> um, oh, hey, hey, hey. Speaking of our nation's capital, mm-hmm. I would like to take this opportunity to mention that my public radio program, Bullseye with Jess Oren, is hitting the road in November. Our first ever world tour of select American cities. Um, we are doing a show in Los Angeles. We are doing a show in uh, Brooklyn. We are doing a show in Manhattan. I'm going to do "Make Your Thing," my uh, talk about making independent media in Manhattan, uh, Boston, uh, Philadelphia. Um, all of those places, we are doing amazing, kick-ass shows. We've already started to book the guests. I'm not going to tell you where they, who they are yet, um, but they are amazing guests. Uh, all those shows will have, you know, big sit-down interviews uh, with fascinating people, uh, stand-up comedy with brilliant stand-up comics, including the aforementioned Deparna Nanchala is going to be on one of the shows. Um, uh, uh, live music amazing live music we've already started I mean these are people these are bands that you would pay the money for your ticket just to get to see these bands play um, uh, all of that happening on these shows go to bullsettour.com for more information com. don't ha- don't miss out
3: has the concept of america's npr belts been
1: uh, like floated yet <laughs> <laughs> well i think you could just you could build the you could build the heat map so to speak just <laughs> by looking at volvos
2: <laughs> <laughs> i mean or if you just wanted to simplify things Ten shows in Vermont. Yeah, <laughs> just go to various places in
1: Vermont on my on my uh, on my like uh, my nation my national tour of Vermont, uh, <laughs> featuring the famous Vermonter who is surprisingly Luis Guzmán
2: <laughs> lives in Vermont. No,
1: really? Yeah, that's crazy. Not only does Luis Guzmán live in Vermont, but the time that he was on The Sound of Young America many years ago. Uh, we we're, we were on at the time, I don't think we are anymore, unfortunately, but we were on at the time, Vermont Public Radio. And so we told him, like, we'll come into Montpelier or whatever <laughs> and we'll do the interview. The nearest station, this is like a 12-station network in the tiny state of Vermont. Uh, the nearest station to where Luis Guzman lives was like a two-hour drive. That's not possible. I know. He, like, lives, like, deep underground in Vermont or something. That's not (laughs) – Like, there are no freeways where Luis Guzman lives in Vermont. Like, only,
2: like, one-lane dirt roads. That's beautiful. I
1: know. Isn't that lovely? Yeah.
2: Get off the grid. Just become a successful character actor, and then you can get off the grid. Yeah. That's the way to do it. It's the dream. That's
1: what what all those people were doing in the 60s.
2: What are you guys going to do when you finally get off the grid? masturbate more yeah, yeah the problem with masturbation is that uh, you know yeah. just do too, too much hustle and bustle too much urban hustle and bustle
1: honestly my my biggest problem with uh, masturbation mm-hmm. is uh, mistakenly ejaculating into electrical outlets
2: mm, so just sure.
1: getting off the grid is oh, real oh the electrical grid yeah, sure. yeah.
2: Because the electricity travels up the strand of semen. <laughs>
1: exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I you exactly don't have like, to a
2: continuous strand. Uh, sure. Tragic but beautiful to watch. <laughs> Thank yeah. you very
1: much, guys. <laughs> let's, let's get those YouTube let's
2: get those YouTube slow mo guys on this. That's a
1: really good idea. Do you think this can I I just say I think this might be a really good segment for Fallon. Yeah. (laughs) jizzing into an electrical socket? Well, if we could get Anne Hathaway to do it with me. Sure. (laughs) She's always game. Yeah, she's always she's fun. She's game. They're just like real people. I am so tired of hearing these canned interviews with celebrities. I want to see them playing parlor games that they would play (laughs) in the privacy of their home. I really get to know them. I'm giggling about how silly they
3: are. What I want to see is Emma. Don't giggle about how silly she oh is. Oh my gosh, she's such a silly Billy,
1: um, Silly Bill for short. Let's
3: go back for a moment and just say, why aren't there more like San Luis Obispo based like masturbation cults in California? Like it, it feels like <laughs> I don't know, guy. The kind of like like it's a it's a it's the kind of reflective activity that really needs to be surrounded by like
1: oh, you know. Oh, so you want like it to be. Associated with maybe like
2: uh, transcendental meditation, something David Lynchy. Exactly, I do. I do, I do remember something about the uh, the area that is now Orange County once had uh, something called the Oneida Community, uh-huh. where they practiced. Uh, masturbation, but never ejaculating. Oh. They thought that was oh. a, a way to become closer to God or to be your best self or whatever. And that was, was because to... they were all members of the same Reddit community. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, they, yeah. This was the contemporary, uh, the contemporaries to no fap.
3: Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, so, so people were were edging in the nineteenth century yeah, 19th, in yeah, Orange County. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. I think that's what's going and on. And I think there was a there was a weird. I mean, I think they did, and my maybe my. Knowledge of the Oneida community is uh, is incorrect, but this is right. what I think happened: was right. that they did have like a a free love uh, policy, but also a no ejaculation policy, so you could stick it in. Whomever, but Just you couldn't ejaculate, right? I see some troubles with that system. Uh, let's let's break it down. What are your issues, guy? Because this seems great to me. If there are any, like a rock solid plan to me, yeah.
3: It just strikes me that there might come that point in time when it crossed somebody's mind that they would like to get a nut off. You sure? Like it it does, yeah.
1: That point in time might come,
3: yeah. Like, and you've got your principles, you've got your ideals and goals. But then you've also just got the practicalities of how genitals
2: work. Sure. Yeah. That's and a really good point. F- yeah. But, I mean, you you decrease the list risk of electrocution. I think that's <laughs> it's why. you so if true. You're not, if, you're, if you're not jizzing. Guy,
1: I think that's why you're in the Senate and I'm in the House of Representatives. <laughs> ah,
2: vampire!
3: <laughs> I'm, a,
1: I'm a wild-eyed idealist, and you're a dealmaker. So
3: what goes into, like, what equipment
1: do you have to hunt down uh, vampire representatives? Oh, vampire representatives? Yes. Um, well, I, I mean, I basically just hold a gun-themed town hall meeting, <laughs> and they come to me. Yeah. You know, it's really not a concern for me. Like, I basically just put out a microphone with a stake underneath it. <laughs> And my work is done. But I have heard, beautiful. and
2: maybe you can correct me on this, and I could be wrong. Again, I could be wrong about the Oneida community. I could be wrong about uh, uh, vampires in the house. That The stake doesn't work. You have to remove the head. Mm, am yeah. I? am I Is that? Have I gotten bad intel?
1: That's interesting. That's an interesting thing. I think in a parliamentary democracy, mm. you have to remove
3: the
2: that's head. That's what
1: I'm thinking of. But yeah, here in a federalist democracy, mm. yeah, I think stake, that's the key stake difference. Stake through the heart.
3: Why tempt me to talk more about borging? You know that all I want to do right now is talk about the Danish parliamentary politics series borging. <laughs> Go, man. We got
1: nothing else. <laughs> no, wait, I, you <laughs> attempted to bring me up to the edge of climax and not allow it. Sure. Uh, guy if if I might allow you to put put just the tip in um here's my question for you now you are you're a well known uh politics nerd uh, and specifically you really enjoy uh the the nuts and bolts of the horse trading and the uh the workings of the voting and the, the, these kinds of things yes have you ever had occasion? Uh, to meet a
3: congressperson oh not since I was in 8th grade I don't believe what happened when you were in 8th grade like we went to Washington D.C. Um, as like part of you, know, you go to 8th sure, grade D. trip yeah yes, sure we so met-
1: I mean I think most people just see the spirit of St. Louis and turn the bus back around right <laughs> we met with Wally Herger congressman
3: then for the second district of California that's a funny name <laughs> uh, yes um no, but I do. Uh, I I do know um, an assemblyman, like a, a California assemblyman, who was briefly, I think, speaker of the assembly, um, and is a gay guy from Los Angeles.
1: Oh, that's nice. I yes. when I was in tenth grade, I was in the junior state of America. Uh huh. Look, I don't mean to embarrass <laughs> you guys, but. Uh, yeah. I'm not bragging here. Sure. But
3: yeah. Yeah. I, I was not selected for junior state. I applied. Mm. I wanted it so bad. Not quite. Let's Are you going to say-
2: force me to bring up the fact that I was in our school's production of George Washington Slept Here? <laughs> Don't make me drop that bomb, guy. I, I'll tell you what: this the
1: secret to being selected for junior state is uh, be a person who's willing to say they might be interested in junior state and go to an, <laughs> an arts high school. <laughs> That's what's required. Yes. Um, so we had we had these regional meetings. And on uh, on one occasion, uh, Silicon Valley Congresswoman Zoe Lofgren— Oh, who's amazing. Came, —came to our meeting. And, I mean, I'm talking about a meeting of 25 or 30 junior state members, like, certainly no more than 30. Uh, and, like, hung out for, like, an <laughs> hour and a half— Like, and was so nice. It really inspired me to believe in my government. She wasn't even my congressperson. Almost none of us. She represented almost none of us. Uh, But, like, I really believe in government because of that one time Congresswoman (laughs) Zoe Lofgren was so nice when I was in high school. Yeah, it was amazing.
3: That's very sweet. Like, politics is so weird. Like, they're kind of in charge of things, but they don't get to be glamorous about it in any way. It's a little (laughs) bit sad. Wait, so you're saying you would like to see Congress, but with more eyeliner I mean more you know, galas, more balls philosophically i i no like uh uh, uh j f k jr's short lived magazine George, that was trying to put <laughs> uh, um, I
2: oh I remember that i remember they would always put a sexy lady in the wig yes i
1: saw a, I saw a copy of that in a basement of an estate sale I was at recently in Portland, oregon, and i yeah, I should have thought of you, guy it
3: was. It was – it offended me. It's like, no, this is the United States. We don't do things like that. But I also do fundamentally believe that we do need an aristocracy, but it should be completely composed of people who were on sitcoms five years ago. Right. (laughs) And that should be separated
1: from the people who decide, you know, um, who we declare war with. Are you sure that that aristocracy isn't already in existence and it's the cast of Chicago on Broadway? (laughs) (laughs) 'Cause I'm pretty sure Queen Deborah Messing is doing a great job right now. I
2: mean I always I always you know, all the tourists always go you know, go stand under the balcony when John Stamos comes out and waves. Yeah. Waves exactly. to the crowd. I'm so glad that,
3: like, that we're getting like John Stamos and Rob Lowe having real chances to come back this sure. year. I'm oh. ju- excited for both of them.
2: You, anybody uh, This is this is just a, uh, an earnest recommendation. Has anybody watch that show Moonbeam City that Rob Lowe does the voice of? Uh, no. Oh shit! It's funny. It's great, uh, and he's he's great. He's perfect in it. Yeah, I, I saw an episode of it. It was very funny. Yeah. Um, to just to circle back a little bit into kind of like. You know, life goals, meeting congresspeople and such. Have either of you been on the local news ever?
1: I was in a local television commercial. Okay. That's as close as I've ever gotten. Oh, no, once... In high school, I was wandering around uh, the campus of San Francisco State <laughs> University. I was wandering around a car accident <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, that I had caused. Sure. And, and uh, once in high school, I was returning to the scene of an arson that I had instigated. Sure. Yeah. To jack off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I was. I was just wandering around the campus of San Francisco State, which was you know right next door to where I went to high school. And I I got interviewed about how I felt about Magic Johnson returning to the NBA. Mm. Uh, thankfully, I think I said I was in support of it. Sure. Uh, good news. Like, I, how, how hard would it be to live down if... Uh you know, twenty five years ago I said, like, I don't know, what if he shares spit with the other players and then they get <laughs> age? Sure. Like said some weird, uh, horrible nineteen ninety one type thing. Mm-hmm. Uh but luckily I had enough understanding of how the world worked. But you just I said, Y'all ready for like- this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. do not don't 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 don't. I don't know if that's when that song came out. Yeah, uh,
3: yeah, I mean that was when songs like that
1: came out. <laughs>
2: 91, 92. That is when songs like that came Everybody. out. Everybody! <laughs>
1: Man, those times were so high NRG. <laughs> yes. Guy, local
3: news? Oh, um, I, I. Well, the only time I was on the local news was when I had a brief media story about me when I was in college, um, and
2: it was very awkward. What can can you can you elaborate? Yes, uh, I, <laughs> I know you want to clearly. Well,
1: uh, I had lit a warehouse. <laughs> on fire. Sure. Uh, and a few minutes later, noticing my burgeoning two <laughs> message, sure. <had> returned <laughs> the uh, Sure. A boy's got to learn about that
3: somewhere. Sure. Uh, I said mean things about the president's daughter in our campus paper, and then um, the 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 Secret Service came to my apartment. And, um, searched my apartment and asked me questions and it became a thing. Wow. Uh, and so the, the local news was bothering When you say said mean things, do you mean that you threatened her? (laughs) Sort of. Uh, I, uh, I was talking about the big game between Stanford and, and Berkeley, um, and I said that Chelsea Clinton represents the Stanford ethos of establishment worship, which must be subverted and destroyed, which was quoted by the Associated Press as Chelsea Clinton, dot, 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 must be destroyed,
1: <laughs> um, which led
3: to some confusion on the part of the first family.
1: <laughs> I can understand that. Sure. Sure. How were the
3: Secret yes. Service men? Nice. Uh, they old school good cop bad coped me, and it was adorable to watch. Oh, I was terrified. Uh, but yeah, my mom wouldn't. Let me, my mom was like, "Don't go on air. People will recognize you, and it will destroy your life." But I did do one local news story.
1: <laughs> I met a, uh, an FBI agent once uh, who was doing background checks for a friend who was applying for the foreign service, and uh, that was like uh one of the most it was like meeting an astronaut. Yeah. Uh, because he was exactly like an F like he was a re, semi retired, which is why he would do these background checks. It was like a side thing for him. Uh but it was like it was literally like interacting with uh like a seventy five year old uh, public service-minded Don Draper, Who... <laughs> like when you
3: said exactly like uh, an FBI agent, my thought was, "You mean John Hamm?" Like it was just <laughs> like
1: yeah. it was like me. It was like meeting a seventy-five-year-old John Hamm. He was so polite and nice. Uh, Like came over, sat down in our living room. My wife and I chatted with him a little bit about our friends who were applying for the Foreign Service. Uh, He told us a little bit about his life in the FBI, uh, wished us the best, and then uh, went uh, went upon his merry way. It was such a lovely experience. Mm. Now, I would rank it below Zoe Lofgren, Congresswoman (laughs) Zoe (laughs) Lofgren, in my interactions with public officials. But uh, above the time that I tried to high-five Bill Clinton, and he seemed like he was going to high five me but then he kind of went over my hand and went down to uh, it and turn
2: it into mm. a handshake no when when did that happen uh, that would be 2000 Ugh. that was still before presidents could high five though that's a good point that was shameful for them to be seen high fiving. exactly they tried to they tried to focus on fornication <laughs> <laughs> sure,
1: yeah well
3: everybody has different like uh, different focuses during his administration
1: sure, you Reagan know was
2: the great communicator <laughs> sure Bill Clinton the great fornicator <laughs> How, I mean, how will there ever be a funnier comedy topic? Uh-huh. Just when we're talking about the broadest of comedy topics, sure. like just general, general things. Sure. Will there ever be a better comedy topic than horny president? <laughs>
1: like, well, I mean, I think my first inclination is to say
2: man's inhumanity to man. Okay. Yes. Well, yeah. Because um, there are only five stories. <laughs> One of them is horny president.
3: Right. Horny president, president man's a humanity to man, boy and his dog.
0: <laughs> we'll be back in just a, a second
1: on Jordan Jesse Go. It's Jordan Jesse Go. Mm-hmm. I'm Jesse Thorne, the voice of the millennial generation. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Guy Branham, national security threat. You know, something that we should go over mm-hmm. with our guests on the show, Jordan, sure. is when to do their intake of breath. Mm. I feel like even when they're prepared, they're late on the intake of breath, and so there's that beat that frankly ruins the show, and I blame Guy. Sure. Yeah, no, the rhythm is off. Yeah. I think in a lot of ways, and Guy, you know, you're a comedian. You probably have an opinion on this. I think uh, comedy is a lot like jazz. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah. It has a beat, a rhythm, improvisation, turtlenecks. Sure. You know, everything, all of these key elements, uh, snapping. <laughs> Uh stand up comedy I I think came out of ragtime.
3: Right. Like uh it was one of the one of the other children. Uh I'm just not at the, the place in the podcast booth that I normally am for Pop Rocket. Mm. Oh, yeah. So my sense of sure. like
1: my sense of balance is completely off. I don't yeah. know what I'm doing. Yeah, you're having inner ear troubles. Exactly. I can understand that. That mm-hmm. happens that happens to me when uh uh Biz and Teresa come in here to do one bad mother. Uh Biz moves my chair. There's literally nothing more upsetting to me in the entire world than that Biz moved my chair six <laughs> inches. Right. Yeah, give me a break, Biz. You you need your bearings. Like, I get in here, and I'm, like, holding my computer in one hand and my water in the other, and I see my chair in the wrong place, and I flip the fuck out.
2: (laughs) Uh, Jesse, you'll probably know about this story when I start talking about it, but I... I... Uh, There were once this brother and sister named Hansel and (laughs) Gretel. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. That's what I was getting at. I think I read some sort of newspaper story about a baseball pitcher who was mad because his mojo was thrown off when... Someone from Full House ran on onto the field, sang, sang – I think it was the national anthem. That's what you would sing at a baseball stadium. Right. You know, not a lot God of other bless songs. bless America. They also sing God bless America. Uh, but sang it poorly. I guess it was something – they were shooting it for the Full House reboot, but no one had told the pitcher, and he was mad for the rest of the game. Oh, wow. I haven't heard about this. Yeah, and I guess someone had asked him something like, you know, why did your performance falter – at the back half of this game because because he was too distracted by the woman from Full House.
1: Well, you know what there you know what I, I think that probably the ma- the truly magical and Brian get on mm-hmm. go on YouTube and uh search for uh Tommy Lasorda Dave Kingman. Oh, I, we've talked about this on oh, the, we've the show. We yeah, this we played this, but yes, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like wanna... I think that is that is the gold standard of uh responses in that world, but there is a certain way that if you are an athlete, I think you get so wrapped up in your own special set of rules Mm -hmm. uh, that for some reason it's okay to choke someone, which happened recently. (laughs) Uh, uh, This guy, Jonathan Papelbon, Mm -hmm. uh, uh, choked a teammate the other day, and uh, he just did it in front of everyone. Hmm. A guy on his team just went hands to the neck, choked his ass, uh, and all I could think about Jonathan Papelbon was just like, God, like today is the right day for you, Jonathan Papelbon, to be a white guy.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Everything is coming up white guy To for you. be
2: fair, was it because he caught a glimpse of Dave Coulier?
1: Yeah, that's exactly what <laughs> happened. Dave
2: Coulier did his famous Bullwinkle impression.
1: <laughs> yeah.
3: What did motivate the choking?
1: Um, it was that uh, uh, the other player had not run fast enough to first base and thus mm. was not hustling. <laughs> mm. was not hustling enough. Um, uh, the other player being perhaps the best player in baseball, so maybe Jonathan Papelbon, who'd been on the team for about three weeks, if I remember correctly, mm. uh, maybe had his priorities. No, the seriously. Up. Yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, yeah, I was like, never mind. This is bad podcasting right now. But also, you have to respect a certain degree of hierarchy in situations like this. If you get called up from the minors, you don't get to have opinions. uh, and for, like, at least a couple of weeks.
1: <laughs> One of our advisory board members is outside the booth, and he's a he's a, uh, he's a Washington Nationals fan. He just is trying to express to me all of his opinions about everything that's happened non-verbally. <laughs> like, oh, well, I don't know about that. Or,
2: yes, that definitely. <laughs> Going through, like, a like an Italian person on the phone. I mean, we have separate windows. Yeah. You're seeing out a different window than I am. And, yeah. Uh, I I'm getting a similar uh huge semaphore like reaction yeah. uh because I'm guessing there's just a bunch of full house fans out there. Yeah, sure. It's called
1: Fuller House. And, Guy, I think through your window, you can see some porpoises at SeaWorld. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, I see that, like,
3: egg crate foam that is supposed to absorb sound. Yeah, we got that. Uh, We got that everywhere. Okay, when
1: something momentous happens to you, like you get choked in a major league dugout in front of television cameras, we ask you to call us at 206-984-4FUN. That number again, 206-984-4FUN. Take out your phone. Put it in there right now for our segment momentous occasions let's hear the first call
0: hey jordan jesse go this is jenna from kentucky i had a momentous occasion today on my way to work i saw a google car so instead of going to work i followed the google car for about 20 minutes before i turned around and started to work thank you love the show bye
2: (laughs) what kind of job do you have to, to wear you could just slag off going in She's like, to follow oh, the Google car. I, I work in
1: dalliances.
2: <laughs>
1: I'm, I'm
2: so proud of
3: this woman. Like, I am so proud of this woman. She decided to make herself a very minor celebrity of the Internet. And I think that that's what we all need to be doing these days. Sure. Uh,
2: and You know a- what, Guy? You've inspired me. You guys want to record an Uptown <laughs> Funk parody? <laughs> Podcast <laughs> Funk? I don't know. You don't have to try that hard. <laughs> yeah.
1: Oh man, this is great. Yeah. I I think what's most impressive about her is you know, a lot of people feel like their voices don't deserve to be heard. Mm. You know, I mm-hmm. think that's a really big problem, especially mm. when you're when you're addressing issues of the patriarchy mm-hmm. and white supremacy. Yep. there are people out there who feel like if they open their mouth, they're just going to get you know, they're just going to get it slapped closed by the mores of society. Sure, you know, the or unjust Matt Damon of society. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and, and, I, <laughs> and I think what we see here is a woman who, with only only the slimmest, the slimmest of reasons to believe that what she had to say mattered uh, was willing to dial a number to a major podcast, mm-hmm. probably the most popular podcast in the world, sure. um, which is Is there serial, any way to check that? <laughs> which is Serial, and then look up the Jordan Guess <laughs> Go phone number afterwards. Um, no, that, that she was willing to, to make that call Simply based on the fact that she had driven behind a car associated with a famous internet brand, briefly. Well,
2: no, I'm guessing it was the car that makes the Google Maps.
1: Well, she did not even say, I put myself into the pictures, or I... So you're saying you think she may have been making a rival map behind? The <laughs> yeah, car? she was yeah, she was driving in the the Bing wagon. What? What if her being
3: visible on that Google Street View exonerates her from the crime that is season 4 of Serial? <gasps>
1: That is amazing. And sure. by the way, Guy, I am glad that you are planning so far ahead in the timeline <laughs> of
0: Serial. Yeah.
1: You could have gone with season two, the upcoming season, or season three, the season after that, which we don't know what it's about. But you went all the way ahead to season four. It's going to it's gonna go
3: off a cliff. Like, well, it's going to get bad. We all, all we all know the real story is invisibilia. For, yeah.
2: <laughs> Do you think I'm maybe think at some you, point— It's the hidden brain.
1: Thank you very much.
2: <laughs> Do you think at some point Serial can get Nene involved? Yeah. <laughs> My, did I get the name of that person right? Nine, her, nine?
3: her name is Nini. Okay, I'm sorry, Nene is a dance. Is the dance? I'm
2: sorry. <laughs> uh,
1: let's take our next call.
0: Hey, Jordan Jesse guest. Uh, this is Derek Williams from New York, PA. Something momentous happened today. Uh, I'm on my way right now to Baltimore to visit my friend's birthday. I'm gonna be surprised. Uh, but I needed some gas, so I stopped at the gas station. I was looking around, there was this dude. And he looked at me, got in his car, and drove away with the pump still attached to his car. <laughs> so pump breaks, gas is spilling on the ground. I'm thinking to myself, oh man, gas explodes. This could be it. Uh, so it turns out I did not die. There was no teenager smoking a cigarette nearby to flick it on the ground. <coughs> comically Uh, just want to let you guys know I am contemplating my own mortality Uh, yeah that's it so live fast and eat a lot of Oreos because people are dumb Mm. and gas explodes
1: all right. be be I again. feel like all I do, like, that is the least momentous part of my day when I mm. contemplate my own mortality. <laughs> sure. Like, I
2: feel like... Like to say, I, when I eat a lot of Oreos.
1: I engage with the sickening pit uh, in the bottom of my stomach, which represents both my own mortality mm-hmm. and all the Oreos I've eaten. Sure. Like, on a, on a minute-by-minute basis. Like, I am. Con- if I wasn't running from my own death, where would I be running to? You know, I would just be sitting there.
2: Have you guys tried any of the uh, birthday cake Oreos? <laughs> or the red velvet Oreos? No, I haven't tried either of those. What? You got an opinion? They're both pretty good. I think of, if I was to pick an Oreo variant, yeah. it'd be the golden Oreo. What is the golden Oreo? Uh, that's just like a yellow Oreo. Yeah, I that was a sex thing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, that's what I thought when I bought it. Right. Uh, and it wasn't. So you there's got a it little. The chest. There's a little bit. Yes, yeah, <laughs> yes. There's a little bit of a disappointment there. Uh, but what I got was actually a pretty nice cookie. It's just a, it's just yellow. There's no alternative flavors in there? Uh the the, the filling is the same. Mm-hmm. Uh it's a little more of like um uh like a like we kind of maybe the flavor of a chessman cookie. Oh. Uh-huh.
1: So, it's nice. I'll say this. Uh
2: you know, I am I typically shop at
1: Trader Joe's where there are no branded products. So sure. I don't I don't eat a lot of your Nabisco, you know, prepared mm-hmm. foods or what have you. Uh, but the two of those products that I will go out of my way to eat are Oreo cookies and Cheez-Its. Discuss! <laughs> Cheez-Its are amazing. <laughs> Cheez-Its are so good. And I also think that Cheez-Its have, the, by far, the biggest, like, the widest gap between uh, 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 the primary brand name and the imitator brand. Yeah. I feel like cheese cheese nips I don't even have the time of day for cheese mm-hmm. nips You could offer me a free lifetime supply of cheese nips and I would not even cash it in. All right. I would... S- The amount of cheddariness that is being
3: provided to you by a Cheez-It is – like, goldfish crackers also do very, very solid work. But there are no Cheez-Its. There are no Cheez-Its. The Oreo is amazing. Mm -hmm. It is a unique and beautiful product. Right. I do not approve of any of the different colored or different Mm. flavored Oreos. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. the the ones that – Have you
2: tried them or are you just being Uh, a a stubborn, set-in-your-ways – the second Conservative. one. The second one.
1: <laughs> I'll tell you this on Brian and Lindsay Will Totally Eat That, the smash hit web show starring our producer Brian Fernandez and uh, his colleague Lindsay Pablis. They ate weird Japanese strawberry Oreos. Oh, how did it go? Well, you're gonna have to find out by typing in Brian and Lindsay will totally eat that Oreos into YouTube or going to toteseat.com and finding and uh, looking for the episode. Look, I have
3: been tempted by those weird green tea Kit Kats. They look interesting.
1: Yeah, we made them uh we made them eat the uh I don't know if you've had these, the bakeable cheesecake Kit Kats that no, you put in the oven. I totally watched that episode. Yeah. It terrified me. Hmm. Yeah. It was kinda it's It turns into a sort of custard inside, like a warm custard. It's it's a very odd thing.
3: I do want to say that those Oreos that have been dipped in chocolate, those ones are amazing. I haven't had those. And also, if I like, I I need to not remember that they exist because they will destroy me, (laughs) like a jazz man and heroin. (laughs) They
1: will destroy
2: me.
1: (laughs) We'll be back.
3: Taken from us too soon
1: on Jordan Jesse
2: Go.
0: Welcome to Oh No, Ross and Carrie. Ross. Hi Carrie.
3: What do you think is creepier? Okay. You jump into a swimming pool. All of a sudden, the water goes away and instead of water, there is the bones of your dead ancestors. Ew. Or Mm -hmm. our show
0: that's pretty tough because we visited a live exorcism
3: we joined the Ordo Templi Orientis where we had to worship a naked lady oh where- and we
0: joined that Tony Alamo cult no. they were scary super
3: creepy we joined the Ethere Society
0: we tried penis enlargement or at least oh, I did oh
3: boy I tried breast enlargement we have basically done every creepy weird fringe thing except for thousands more which we will get to if you listen to our show
0: I'd still say the swimming pool with my ancestors bones
3: well then I don't even know if people should listen
0: I guess they shouldn't
3: but if you want who were at Maximum Fun and the is called I Know
0: Ross and Carrie. La, 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 la,
1: la. It's Jordan, Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart.
2: Jordan Morse, boy detective.
1: It's Guy Branham, cheese it apologist. Okay, I'm going to say this right here, right now. There's, there's probably 15 people sitting mm. outside of our studio right now uh brian if you could crack our studio door here for a second if you guys think that the people listening to jordan jesse go right now should take out their phones and uh subscribe to pop rocket so they can get more guy branham let them know right now right now <laughs> it's tremendous it's like the thing i'm most proud of is creating that show uh it, it is such an amazing program and guy and his colleagues are so funny and insightful and fun and informative. It is just like a blast every week. I look forward to listening to it every week.
3: Thank you so much for promoting us as much as you do. Jordan, you do less work on that front. But That's true. No, I, you know what? Still, I could
2: step up my game. But we're I could still step friends. up my game.
3: Uh, and also just engineering a situation where I get to have a charming conversation with Winter Mitchell, Margaret Wappler, and Oliver mm. Wang on a weekly basis. It makes my life better. Well,
1: I got to say, like, Jordan, like, sure, my job is to push Pop Rocket. Jordan is sort of like our John Kerry. We're using him to keep relations warm with pop culture happy hours, Glenn Weldon. <laughs> sure, yeah. Like, Glenn and, Glenn mm. and Jordan is our, is our path to Weldon. Uh, you know and he's 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 making sure that uh that we don't break détente. Sure. He's my friend, not your friend. <laughs> yeah. Uh Glenn is a personal hero. Yeah. He's pretty amazing. He's one of the finest men. Um though like look Not to th- mention by the way, I've met him in person. One of the finest men. Yeah, he's sure. Bro- broad college swimmer shoulders. Mm-hmm. Uh but Jesse
3: pushing me into the mind-laden fields of pop culture roundtable podcasts. Mm. You didn't prepare me in any way. You didn't say, hey... Guy, you like culture gab fest is out there. Pop culture happy hour. You're gonna have to be in this world. You're gonna have to, you know, like d- deal with a lot of personalities. Well, I mean, it's like I told that
1: FBI agent. I think you're ready for international diplomacy. You're ready to represent our nation on the international stage.
2: But you didn't prepare him for getting the side eye from Stephen Metcalf. No, that's a good point. Yeah. Exactly. You don't need that. You don't need that in your life. But we had we had Linda come on Pop Rocket, and
3: uh it was very exciting. Oh, that's nice. Linda and,
1: Holmes, the host of Pop Culture Happy Hour, who's also also been a guest on this show.
3: Yes. Uh, We talked about romantic comedies and drank pink wine. um, And it's that point in time when a podcast just becomes brunch.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But that was fun. I listened to that. I don't like pink wine or romantic comedies, but uh, I enjoyed that program. To be fair, I did like the time I saw music and lyrics on an airplane. (sighs) Music and lyrics is so underrated. (laughs) It's a fun movie. Yeah. Yeah, I really liked it. I mean, there are some parts where you're like... This is a movie because they're like so, like, uh, half acidly made, but then there's so much charm and fun. Drew Barrymore's job is to water that man's plants I Yeah, I think that may be the case. Yeah, that may be the case. Anyway, this sounds Rock, like a great movie. Guy Branham, uh, Guy Branham, the host of Pop Rocket, run out and subscribe to it because it is so great. In fact, it's pretty easy to subscribe to it. Like, whatever no, you're you listening have to, to y- this on right now. You could probably, like, with about six inches of physical action, could take that object out of your pocket, Mm -hmm. uh, type in Pop Rocket, and click on subscribe. I'm pretty sure you have to go to the podcast store. Yeah, you could. (laughs) Or you could go to your popular, uh, your favorite podcast application. Yeah. I mean, you might be on Downcast. You might be on Overcast. But I mean like a store. Like a store
3: downtown. Like Like a brick and mortar.
2: Like a brick and mortar podcast store. Like the news agent. Yeah. Got you, it. I think we should I mean I think that's kind of the next step for podcasting it's like just having a place where people can come and touch the podcast just get a sense of them you yeah know? it's
1: really hard to see what to figure out on the internet just from pictures what podcast is gonna fit sure especially if you have an unusual body is it type. gonna
2: hang weird <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah yeah I'm personally I'm kind of hippie sure and I have a hard time figuring out you know like is is slate culture gab fest or pop culture happy hour gonna fit me better and flatter my curves
2: mm-hmm. I
3: just uh, stuff we missed in history class is just so roomy and the shoulders yeah so. sure. Yeah.
1: you don't think it's gonna too. be i have that problem too you can't put it in the dryer either <laughs> drinks <laughs> um our producer is brian sunny d fernandez uh now a married man uh congratulations to him uh, everybody's looking at his ring finger uh only when this is released will he be a married man uh he's not yet a married man so i guess things could go horribly wrong yeah if everything goes according to my brian plan, when you can't
2: won't... brian when you can't when this podcast comes out You're a married man. Right now? Get your dick wet, buddy. (laughs) Hey, buddy. You got some MaxFun
1: super fans surrounding you right now. Get it wet. (laughs) Get it wet. If you're going to get lucky before you're locked down, this is your big chance. (laughs) Um, uh, Brian Sonny D. Fernandez, uh, our producer, Uh, you can talk about our show on Twitter with the hashtag JJGo, and many people do. Uh, If you've got uh, complaints or corrections about the show, send them on Twitter to at Ted Cruz, (laughs) that's T E D C R. (laughs) U-Z. If you want to talk about the show on Reddit, go to MaximumFun.Reddit.com. There's always dozens of great conversations mm-hmm. going on uh, about a given Jordan Jesse Go episode over there on the MaxFun Reddit, which is the uh, the happiest, least creepy corner of the Reddit world, <laughs> um, a really lovely little place. Or on Facebook, just search for Jordan Jesse Go or join the Maximum Fun group where there's a lot of good chat going on. Is it um, true
2: that everybody on the uh, maxfun Reddit doesn't masturbate? Yeah, that's true.
1: It's reddit.com slash r slash maximum fund nofap. Yeah. Uh, uh, nofap. Yeah. <laughs> um, no and uh, this week, special thanks to our uh, maximumfund.org advisory board mm-hmm. for joining us here in the office, every single one of them, especially uh, board founder Jenny Kasanoff. So kind uh, to put this event together. What a joy it's been to uh, entertain some of our most committed supporters, uh, folks who flew in from. Not just all over the country, all over the world uh, to help us with Maximum Fun. So thanks everybody for doing that. We really appreciate it. And uh, we'll talk to you next time on Jordan Jesse Go. MaximumFund.org.
2: Comedy and culture. Artist owned.
1: Listener supported.